Good morning, and welcome to worship on this beautiful morning. <clears throat> we are improvising this morning because Pastor Quinn has become ill and cannot be here. But uh, we trust that the Spirit of the Lord is present with us. The Lord is King. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He is girded with strength. He has established the world. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. More majestic than the thunders of mighty waters, more majestic than the waves of the sea, majestic on high is the Lord. Let us pray. God, we come to you this morning with gratitude for your many gifts to us, especially your gift of love and grace shown to us in Jesus Christ. We pray for your presence with us here this morning in worship. We pray for the health of our pastor, Quinn, and we pray for all those who participate in worship this morning. In Jesus' name. Part of Sunday morning worship here at Prairie Street is a mask liturgy. And in this liturgy, we respond at appropriate times with the words, We are covered in grace. We are covered in grace. We are gathered here despite the struggles of the world by the grace of God. We, are covered in grace. we choose to protect each other amidst the world of risks. Here, masks are optional for the vaccinated and required for the unvaccinated. If we are masked or not, we are, we are covered in grace. We are th thankful to God, we, the vaccinated, the children, the immunocompromised, and the hesitant. But we are mindful of sisters and brothers around the globe who cannot gather due to this raging pandemic. We say with them, We are covered in grace. These days we are ever more aware of the forces of illness, evil, and destruction. We confess that we are small, but by the God we worship today, we are covered in grace. Come all you people. We're going to sing it. We're going to start with the getting the bass line down, and then we're going to add the tenor line, and then we'll add the melody 
and we'll, we'll be singing it in English, and then we'll um, switch over to the Shona language, I believe it is. Yeah. Part of our worship service uh, is a children's blessing, and uh, this is uh, something that uh, uh, Quinn would be doing were he here, but we will bless the children, and uh, children who are present, children who are children of this congregation, and children whom we hope to welcome uh, into this uh, sanctuary in the future. God, we commit to you the children of this church, your children, and we pray for their strength, their growth, and your protection and abiding with them, in which we are confident. In Jesus' name, amen.
84, To God Be the Glory, number 84. And uh, those who are able, please stand.
Our scripture reading uh, this morning is from the book of Job, chapter 38. We begin with the first seven verses. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up your loins like a man. I will question you and you shall declare to me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the heavenly beings shouted for joy. And then to verse 34. Can you lift up your voice to the clouds so that a flood of waters may cover you? Can you send forth lightnings so that they may go and say to you, here we are. Who has put wisdom in the inward parts or given understanding to the mind? Who has the wisdom to number the clouds or who can tilt the water skins of the heavens when the dust runs into a mass and the clods cling together? Can you hunt the prey for the lion or satisfy the appetite of the young lions when they crouch in their dens or lie in wait in their covert? Who provides for the raven its prey when its young ones cry to God and wander about for lack of food? That's the word of God. Our preacher this morning is our pastor, Sunita. Join me in prayer for her. Dear God, we thank you for Pastor Sunita, for the gifts you have given her. We pray for her this morning as she preaches and brings the word. We pray for us that we may hear and understand and believe. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. It's great to see you all this morning. As Ben said, it's a beautiful day today. It was a cold one yesterday. It's a beautiful one today. I'm glad you all made it out this morning. I also want to introduce you really quick before I start preaching to my family. My sister Tanisha is back there. <laughs> she is here from Indianapolis with my niece and nephew, Terrence and Amari. And I am blessed to have them staying with us this weekend. So make sure you say hi to them before they take off this morning. <laughs> this morning, um, I want us to kind of go back and remember just a little bit of what we talked about last week. Last Sunday's worship uh, sermon was a little hard. It stabbed some of us. We left a little down and depressed, right? Yep. Last Sunday, we talked about Job's complaint. As Job is talking with his friends, he's there telling him he simply has sinned and if he would just uh, say he's sorry, he can get through this with God, and Job is sure that he has not done anything wrong. 
And if he could just get in front of God, God will be able to see that he didn't do anything wrong and God will straighten all this out, right? And Job is asking for this for chapters, right? Please, like, just let me get before the Lord. And what we said last week, liking to leave broader story. For those that are suffering a lot, the question of why for us as humans just happens. It's just who we are. And when you are going through something and you say, I need an answer, we can understand that. We fully understand where Job was and why he was asking that God talk to him, right? We watched and heard of Khalif's broader, broader story. This young man who had done nothing wrong, accused of taking a backpack and spent three years in prison, being abused, not only by inmates, but the very people who were supposed to protect him, right? When we hear that story, we want to ask the question, why? We're justified in asking that question, aren't we? Well, Job kept saying he just needed God to answer. Much, many of us will do the exact same thing. However, he finally gets God's answer. It wasn't quite what he expected. <laughs> God's response to me is that of a parent. When the child has come just close and about to cross that line, right? Many of you probably know your, there was one response you could get from your parents if it were in a decent space. But as soon as you're about to cross the line, something different takes over in your parents. So God first says to Job, gird up your loins, right? You think you want an answer. You might not want the answer you think you want. So prepare yourself. That's what it meant to gird up your loins. The men had long robes on and they would have to pull their robes up, tuck them in their waistbands so they could get ready for whatever was about to come. So God says to Job, gird up your loins. You want this answer? Okay. Right? What I thought about this weekend a lot about um, is how our parents had a different phrase for us. I don't know about many of you, but in the African-American community, when you were just about to cross that line, your parents would stop you and give you a look and say, I, I bought you in this world, and I take you out. <laughs> and you knew in that moment, I'm not going to take another step. I'm not going to say another word. Right? You were right about at that spot. That the next thing I say could cost me my very life. Right? I'm sure none of you said that to your children. <laughs> Probably had some other colorful ways of doing that. God then goes on to say, where were you? When I laid the foundation of this earth, where were you? Basically, how dare do you question me when you don't know all that I've seen and all that I've done? Where were you? And then God goes on, actually very poetically and beautifully, <laughs> to show him all the ways in which God is active in this world. And none of us could even begin 
to walk with that, right? If you read this, it is a beautiful way of God expressing to Job that it is far more going on here than you will ever understand, right? I also feel like at this moment what Job got was what we call a gut check, right? Hold on. All of a sudden you think, ooh, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I shouldn't have went that far. Is God angry with Job or is what God said to Job a loving response? Oftentimes when parents and grandparents are speaking, we're speaking out of dis our way of helping you discern what is going on. You might not fully understand it, but we see more than what you see. You can ask one question, then they will give you an answer not based in the question at all. How many of you have ever went through that? I'm a parent, so I know I've done it a lot, right? So the kid comes to you and says, I want to go to Johnny's house. I'm going to go out with Johnny tonight. And the parent says, uh, no, you can't go. Why can't I go out with Johnny? Because I said so. <laughs> you didn't answer Johnny. I need to know what's going on with me and Johnny that I can't go out with Johnny. And all you tell me is because, I, because you said so. But it's one of those answers that just stops. You can't do nothing with because I said so. Right? There's no comeback with because I said so. The boundaries have been set, and the boundaries are either set for your protection or for our protection as a parent. Right? Maybe you can't go out with Johnny because Johnny is, more, is older and more mature. And you might get into some situations with Johnny you're just not mature enough yet to get out of, and it'll cause you some trouble. Now, they didn't say that, but that's what's going on in their head, right? Or you may go out with Johnny, and Johnny might get out of line, and I'm going to have to shoot him. And then I'm protecting myself, right? I'm either protecting you or I'm protecting me. But because I said so, I means stop it right now, and I don't have to go through all that, right? I don't want to get me in no trouble. I don't want you to get in no trouble. Just trust me on this. Our parents' responses can be harsh or direct, not leaving any room for rebuttal, but they may be designed for your safety or, like I said, for their own. The other piece to this, I thought about my son Roshan and Tosin when he was a little boy. Sean needed a reality check. He didn't quite understand all that was going on in his life. We, had, we were doing well. We had moved out into the north side of town. Rashad had new friends. He was traveling to Florida on vacation with people. He saw a completely different life. And Sean started to forget who he was. He was still the same little black boy from South Central Elkhart. He started thinking he was more and better and questioning those that lived in South Central. And Stephen and I said, it's time for him to get his what a gut check, right? Stephen calls his friend. He said, I need you to get Sean a job down at Tosin. He was like, oh, no problem. So Sean goes to work at Tosin. And quickly, Sean remembers again who he is, where he came from, and why he came from there. We need these sometimes. You guys may not understand why that was important for us as families, 
But for those in our community, what we were hoping and praying he didn't become was an O.J. Simpson or a Kanye West, right? You might not get it, but they were slight disappointments in the black community, right? We wanted to make sure he didn't end up a slight disappointment for the whole community, right? He didn't see what we saw. He didn't understand the vantage point that we had. Job's problems, as we learned last week, were real, and the feeling, his feelings could not be discounted. Khalif Broder's life and suffering cannot be denied or dismissed. But there is something bigger going on. We just can't see it. Our vantage point, the way we see the world and where we see the world from is much different from many people all around us. But far too often, we are only relating to the world from our vantage point. Job was relating to the world from his vantage point. An older white male from rural Alabama will have a very different view of the world than a young black man from New York City, right? They have their experiences, but the way they see the world is through their own vantage point. If I live in Africa or the Yucatan, it is very different than my vantage point here in Elkhart. God feels and looks and interacts with the world differently, right? But I don't know that from this seat. Someone who has spent real time in prison and has experienced God in a much different way than the billionaires that invest in the actual prisons and sustaining them themselves, right? It's a much different experience. They likely have seen and experienced a different world in very different ways. Neither way is better or even right or wrong, it just is. But we spend most of our time judging the world and those who are in it based on our interactions to the world, not fully understanding theirs. We would all do well to first be clear of our own vantage point, putting the world into a perspective before we begin acting on our emotions. Job had his vantage point, and he was acting from his emotions based in his vantage point. God clearly helped him to see that there's a bigger picture here. Job thought he fully understood all the rules, right? But God had far more rules in the universe, and Job couldn't understand that. He only knew the rules he knew. Job thought he only needed to explain his case, and he would be justified. But justified based on what? Right? God remind, uh, Job thought God and he were on the same level. God quickly reminds Job, first and foremost, we are not <laughs> on the same level. Don't even get confused by that. We are not on the same level. My children are not on the same level as me. Right? I've been here longer. I've experienced a whole lot more. You are not on the same level. God sets the boundaries. If Job answers the question, then he can challenge or question God. 
So when he lays out the questions, we're answering. Where were you when I laid the foundation? If Job could have said, I was standing right there, and I remember when the water rolled out, right? If Job could have answered that, he could, God would say, go ahead. Okay, then maybe we are on the same level. Can any of you tell me where you were? Where were you, baby? In your mama's stomach. Absolutely right. Unfortunately, she was still in her mama's stomach. Right? Where were you? And God is saying to you, until you can answer these questions, don't question me. Don't question me because you don't know what I see. You don't understand. God helps Job and us to know that, that this thing called life is much bigger than anything we can imagine. We don't have the capacity to understand it all. We cannot even fathom what is going on and why at times God is silent and other times he comes to us in a whirlwind. I was speaking with a woman the other day um, at the foundation. We were talking, I don't know how she got on the subject, but she started telling me this story about one time when she heard God, all of a sudden, as loud as day, she heard pray. And she said she was cleaning up her house and she just stopped, kind of startled, and she began to pray. At the same exact time, her son was driving down the street and falling asleep in the car. And he was going off the road. And he woke just as he had rolled off the road in enough time to stop and to save himself and probably some other people. But he was so shook, right, because he was dozing off and he was trying to catch himself. So he gets on the phone, and who do we always call when we get a little upset? Mama. <laughs> he called his mother. And he said to her what had just happened to him. And she just said she bawled in tears, and she thanked God for that moment. Right then, in that moment, she heard God in the whirlwind. Right now. Do what I say right now. Don't think, don't. Right now, start praying. Amen? Amen? Last week, though, for Job and for uh, Khalif, there was this long silence. They hadn't heard God. What was going on? Had they done something wrong? God interacts with us in all these ways, and unfortunately, I'm here to tell you, we don't have the answer why. We aren't given that yet. I wish. The problem with us humans is that we have been taught that God gave us dominion over creation, the, the creation of his world, and we are somehow special. Scripture tells us that we are just a little lower than angels. Psalm 8 and 5. But I'm here to tell you we are just babes in this creation we call the world. The world is over 4 billion years old. And Christianity is a little over 2,000. We are but infants in the whole scheme of things. Taking our first steps, spitting out our peas, needing someone to change our diapers, we can make a mess, but we do not yet have the skills to clean them up. Remember, you are young, and God is your protector. But God is protecting you from everything and everyone in the whole entire world. 
And just like God is protecting me, he's protecting you, and he's protecting you. We can't understand how all of that could be possible at one time. But we trust and believe that God is our protector. Remember, you are somehow connected to everything and everyone. You might not fully understand it, but God has already designed it for me and you to meet in this spot and carry on what we learn here, elsewhere, and take it to other people. We're all connected. Remember that your vantage point is limited. Others may know more simply because they have a different experience. But no one has the full scope of God's work in this universe. I'm here to tell you that God's answer is that of love. Like Stephen and I sending Rashawn to Tulsa, it was a gut check because we loved him and we were concerned for the direction he was going. He needed a new vantage point. For those suffering like Job, Khalif, and many of us, I wish I could tell you the answer to your why. It doesn't fully make sense to me either, but I believe there is a reason or a plan in which God will work out. It may not be for me to benefit from, but maybe for others. Khalif Broder's life, full of mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual pain, now is a witness to all of us. His life and death were our gut checks. It's not for you to be given the answers. How would you ever learn and grow? We are all part of the test. The reward is everlasting life. And maybe then we will see the answers. Amen? Amen. May God bless you all. Psalm number 814, 814, God beyond all praising.
Would you turn in your hymnals to number 519, 519. God, give me faith like a child. to share them, they could um, certainly, they're, they're, um, they're also examples of ways God is working and, and things that we do want to ask for God um, to be at work. Um, so uh, you know that um, Mary Catherine Miller is, um, is getting ready for retirement and we are excited for her. Um, she will be um, completing her time as the uh, administrative assistant at the end of October. Um, we have recently posted a, um, a, a job description for um, a new uh, person to be in the church administrator role, um, and that was sent out. Pastor Quinn sent that out by email earlier this week, so take a look, share it with anybody you think might be interested. Um, please feel free to ask 
um, questions um, uh, about that of either Pastor Quinn or um, uh, myself um, or others on the executive committee who include um, Darren and Kyle and Shanna. The other thing I would like to share, um, most of you though, possibly, um, or probably not all of you know um, Carolyn Hunt. She um, and her family have attended Prairie Street for quite a while and she has been, um, she had been a, a, one of the pastoral team also for several years. She in particular, um, as a lot of change and transition was going on and as um, the two other pastors on the team uh, had both uh, resigned or retired, um, she was sort of uh, the, the, the stalwart who was left um, to, to work with our um, transitional pastor. So um, she has, uh, af after leaving, uh, after finishing her uh, pastoral assignment, she has not been at church for a while, and that's part of the, the process that we have in, in the conference, and the, well, the denomination, uh, encourages this process to have some space. There were some delays, though, so it's gone on longer than originally intended. So I um, just want you to know that the um, various things that needed to be completed are all completed, and, um, and the executive committee um, and pastors are very excited to welcome Carolyn back, and she is also um, has been missing you all and missing um, this church, so she's looking forward to, to returning. And um, uh, So we're, we're happy to share that. Again, to close, from 816, 816, guide my feet, and uh, I encourage you to stand if you're able.
We thank you for this day. We thank you for your presence. We give ourselves over to you yet again. Bless us as we go forward in your name. Amen. 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 May all go in peace. Thank you.